Hi, uh, I just wanted to come in and give y'all a quick trigger warning. We talk about really serious topics, including but not limited to police brutality, violence, body image, eating disorders, depression, suicide, cyberbullying, etc. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to the Mental Health Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about social media's impact on our mental health. We're going to start with some introductions and what social media we use and what we think has the biggest impact on our mental health regarding social media. Okay, so I'll start off. My name is Naima. I'm a senior this year. I use, I would say, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and Twitter, and I guess YouTube. I'd say... The biggest impact on my mental health is probably Instagram within the past. I tend to not follow things on Instagram that impact my mental health in a negative way as much. But I think like growing up, Instagram probably had the most negative impact on my mental health as far as like beauty standards and things like that. TikTok definitely impacts my mental health in I'd say good and bad ways, honestly. Those are probably the ones that have the biggest impact, I'd say. Uh, hi, I'm Nakia. I'm also a senior. I have TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. The ones I'm on the most are probably TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. I would say the one that has impacted my mental health in general the most, probably TikTok. I don't spend enough time on other social media apps for it to really impact my mental health in a serious way. But for TikTok, I would definitely say like Naima, it has affected my mental health in both good and bad ways. Hi, I'm Pluto. I'm a junior. My pronouns are they, them. And I have Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, and Tumblr. And I think the ones I use the most are Instagram and TikTok. And as a kid who didn't have a phone until like the seventh grade and wasn't allowed social media until my freshman year of high school, I'm not exactly new to social media, but newer than most of teenagers my age. And I feel like the one that's had the most impact on me is TikTok. Hi, my name's Victoria. My pronouns are she, her, and I am a senior this year. I have Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I think what I use the most now would probably be Instagram and TikTok. And I think those are also what influences me the most as a person, what has affected my mental health the most because of body image and products I'm supposed to buy from ads and things that I'm supposed to look like, things I'm supposed to like. I feel like just Instagram and TikTok are very good with their algorithm and I think have impacted me the most. Hi, I'm Lily. I use she, her pronouns and I am in the 12th grade. I have Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and Snapchat. And I think that Instagram has impacted me most in terms of my mental health. Like everybody has said, I kind of have fallen down this rabbit hole of comparing myself to the people I follow, to the content creators I see on Instagram, or just in general, everything on Instagram, like do I, I need to buy this? I need to look like this. I need to start doing this kind of skincare routine, hair care routine. All of that has just impacted the way I view myself. But another thing too is that social media is such a well, distraction for me. And I find myself spending so much time on Instagram or on YouTube and it becomes draining. And I don't think I realize it in the moment, but it has become somewhat of a crutch 
that I use when I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. It's used to distract you from your actual thoughts because of the way that these apps are made are used to be addictive. You get a dopamine surge with every notification, with every follow, like, repost, whatever. You're getting addicted to these social media apps and you start relying on them to block out your real life, using them as a coping mechanism because you're distracting your mind, filling your mind with everything else. I've also noticed it's affected my attention span because I'm used to being on TikTok, scrolling every five seconds the second I don't like a video, swipe. And so my attention span is just, it's degenerating and so is everyone else's in this generation as we are getting used to having such short time frames in Snapchat. Most Snapchats are like eight seconds long or whatever and this generation is degrading when it comes to our attention span right I completely agree with that because I think it is a it is an issue and it's something that I've noticed happening with myself I have a hard time consuming long-form media content so if I'm reading a passage for class I get distracted instantly I can't read it all the way through or I can't retain it because I'm so reliant on the immediate quick information that if I have to try to find it myself I don't want to yeah I think addiction to social media is very real I feel like it would be hard to find somebody around our age that hasn't been somewhat addicted to social media and I think what's also interesting is that a lot of people are aware of it some people might be like oh yeah I can I can delete apps whatever and I think a lot of people can but I think you'll definitely notice you know opening your phone and trying to like swipe on something You're like oh yeah I forgot I deleted it because that's been me a lot of times because I know how bad it is with how much social media I consume I also have a really really bad distraction problem and it would be really wrong to try to say that social media has not impacted that it's really really hard for me to focus I don't know if that's also because of social media I've gone many times where I'm like okay I need to just focus on this assignment and let me just put on do not disturb let me just not look at my phone and then I still find myself opening my phone and just like refreshing like is there anything for me to look at to like not do my homework so I think it's interesting that a lot of people are aware of it but yet we still use social media anyways because it is addicting I've also as far as what Victoria was talking about with notifications that's also very real a big thing that I've done in the past few years is I've just kind of turned off a lot of my notifications depending on the social media app because I notice myself being so caught up in after I post something how many likes am I getting I've become very much over that a couple years ago which when I post things I like I turn off the likes because I just don't really want to know I don't really care at this point if you do care that's also very real like that's the way it's made they make you think you should care about how many people are double tapping on your pictures how how many views you're getting exactly yeah like they make you think you have to care but you really don't but I've come to a point where I don't care but there's always like a little part of me that is like okay I kind of want to see like how many you know yeah I would say addiction definitely is a big problem with social media and addiction is a mental health disease it's very real in our generation and even in a little bit older generations have now gotten used to this technology I think it is a little bit more extreme with us because we've had access to it from such a young age and we're also exposed to all of these messages from such a young age comparing yourselves to others that you see on social media that has been a big, big, big thing for our generation specifically because we've had it for so young and that's been our viewpoint of things. We're seeing people performing on a screen. We're not seeing people as they really are. And social media has been so normalized at this point. It's been normalized to even be going on in younger generations. For example, iPad kid is a common phrase because it's true. It's been normalized and screens are not good for you. There are so many studies that can say and prove that and effectively prove it and people are blind to it because we are so used to it and now rely on our phones. It's become overwhelming to see like what Nakia was talking about, perfect people. 
perfect people because you're choosing what you're posting. You're choosing to decide what aspect of yourself is being put on social media. I like the movement like social media is fake because it is. You're mm -hmm. choosing what side of yourself and what things about yourself you want to present. You're not showing your scars, your flaws, your issues in your life. You're posting the beautiful glamorized parts and the parts that you think people will find interesting. Yeah, because with celebrities, the relationship is somewhat parasocial, but we know that it's a performance because they're known for this certain thing. But when you're seeing somebody on a screen and they're talking, they're talking to you, you're just... On FaceTime with them or something. Yeah. yeah. It feels more real and you're thinking that's who they really are, but it doesn't really register in your mind as much that this is a performance. And thinking that it's achievable for yourself, thinking that because yeah. they can do it, you can do it. Your body type, I've seen women on Instagram that are beautiful, gorgeous people and no hate to them, they're wonderful, but it makes me compare myself to them and wish yeah. that I looked differently, but certain things and like making their body type seem achievable by working out, healthy diet, promoting sometimes unhealthy things to make yourself look the way that they do. But first of all, I don't want to harm my body like that. Second of all, some of these things aren't achievable because genetics and other impacts of yourself that don't allow you to look exactly how these influencers look and surgeries and stuff. Photoshop as well. Yeah, I just want to touch again on like the fact Nikia is talking about how young our generation has had social media from. Like, there should not be a seven-year-old seeing a 25 year old woman's body and think oh my god what is wrong with my body eating disorders have become such an increased problem because of social media and just depression in general i'm pretty sure i read that from 2009 to 2017 depression rates increased by more than 60 percent among teens 14 to 17 and not that social media would be the only factor in that but it's definitely contributed i think a good somewhat bright side of that is our generation is more inclined to seek help for mental health issues than like generations before you shouldn't be developing an eating disorder at a young age because of all the representation of body that you're exposed to at such a young age and the amount of photoshop that people do on instagram and celebrities and that it's just really harmful to anybody growing up there is a real conversation that needs to be had about how much kids who are really young are being exposed to because we're saying ipad kid right that is not okay we see sort of narratives where it's becoming normalized to be quote-unquote raised by your ipad and that's not okay that's not okay and something i've seen that i really like is these younger parents t of today's age younger parents who have just had children they're more aware of what social media's impact is and they're sort of rolling back how much they are exposing their kids to it and i think that's a really good thing y'all were right these social media apps they can become somewhat of a popular contest because of how much comparing is being done and as far as popularity contests I feel like that's a big thing just within people you go to school with you just see maybe how many followers somebody has the amount of times I've heard just growing up people saying like oh how many followers do you have or oh my god they only have this many followers that's so icky it, and it's so ingrained in people's yeah. vocabulary and it's weird it's, it's so these are just it's just numbers I don't know it's just it doesn't really matter and it, it's weird again we've given value to these things and they simply do not matter exactly they don't matter but I you know I have compared myself to the people I follow some people I go to school with it's like oh they are really cool yeah. they look really good in this or I wish I was there I wish I was yeah. doing that and that's so harmful it is oftentimes things that are posted on social media are so fabricated I know for me at least I post the best you know, I post the pictures where I feel like, oh, I would look really good in that. Or this was from a fun trip. I'm going to post this. All the highlights. But that's not how my life is 
all the time and it's harmful to think that that is the reality that life is always you know what is being portrayed on social media is fully authentic i mean i like the trend currently that's going around talking about like what actually happened before and after those photos or whatever like for example i have a picture on my instagram i'm sitting there looking cute whatever i was sobbing like a minute before that like but does that matter no it doesn't because that's not what everyone else saw they saw my perfect framed perfectly still life that i've chosen to have that picture and not the picture of me crying on my social media i haven't seen that trend is it like on tiktok yeah i mean i've seen it on tiktok just i don't know i might look that up this is kind of counter like like get off social media but actually i want to see this (laughs) (laughs) anti-social media social media is great yes (laughs) how about we move on before we move on pluto did you have anything to add about popularity contests unrealistic beauty standards things like that yes i am a very insecure person so going on to things like tiktok and instagram where i see people who i wish i could be whether for how they look or how they live their life in quotation mark is kind of harmful because i already struggle with self-image self-image and i feel like this just perpetuates it also when you're on a niche on instagram or tiktok tiktok has an algorithm that's supposed to show you the things that you like so let's just say i see a pretty person on tiktok i'm like oh whatever like that tiktoker i spent maybe i watched that video once or twice wishing i could be like them i'm going to get more videos like that for example i get a couple tiktoks about depression we are normalizing those things and normalizing everyone has depression i'm getting these over and over again that can make someone spiral having tiktoks over and over again about oh i'm depressed oh this oh that you're just constantly seeing those things and constantly putting yourself into that bad headspace by continually watching the things that are provided to you and sometimes that's unconscious you know sitting there watching all of it and then you get off and you're like man i don't feel good and it normalizes things that aren't actually normal yeah having an eating disorder there's hashtags on it and it's hashtag this hashtag that about eating disorders this should not be a hashtag this is a problem that isn't something that anyone should want and it's harmful not only the people that have it but people who don't have it i can see where you're coming from from that but most of the posts under those tags if it's recovery it's are both recovery and informing Some of them aren't though. you know what yeah. i mean i think it's important to show growth and things like that great segue into the positives of social media yeah i can see that people should not be promoting having an eating disorder that is horrifying but a lot of those types of posts there are posts on uh eating disorders that inform people about what it's like or what having one does to someone and there's a lot of posts about depression what it actually looks like instead of the cleaner version of what depression looks like yeah i'm glad you guys touched on that because i was wondering how y'all feel about i think it's very obvious within the past couple years there's been especially because the pandemic there's been a lot of romanticization of things i think online i think especially on tiktok i don't know i can kind of see good things and bad things out of that obviously you should never romanticize a disorder of any kind but i've seen a lot of people just romanticize very simple parts of their day and i think that's kind of cool because it might give people more motivation i don't know sometimes when you do those videos where it's like i'm waking up at six in the morning and then i go and get Mm -hmm. my coffee and i work out for five hours and i'm like i feel so great and then i have time to watch tv and hang out with my friends and then do five hours of homework like that's not realistic for everyone yeah Yeah, i feel like too much positivity i guess 
toxicness. It can be toxic positivity online. It can turn toxic. There is sort of this fine line between putting out positive messagings and mm -hmm. educating people and traumatizing people. But it is imperative that you use caution. Like, trigger warnings mm -hmm. are always very important. While social media like TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that can be extremely negative, extremely bad for mental health, I find that it can help in weird ways find yourself. Like you said with the algorithm, how it gets you to places. I met people who were like me. Yeah, I definitely related to what you said. Same. Yeah. As a black queer woman living in the South, I think I have a very complicated relationship with TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok introduced me to some topics that I really needed an introduction to that I was not getting elsewhere. It helped me realize things about myself. It helped me find community. It helped me learn how to find communities in real life. It gave me advice, good advice that I have used. It provided me with a lot of things that I needed that I wasn't going to get any other way. I think it helps you learn a lot about yourself, but it can also be used as a creative outlet for some yeah. people. Some people use it to promote their art, promote their yeah. products, things Small like that. Small businesses, let's exactly. go. Absolutely. And, like, those do really well on TikTok, actually, because of the algorithm. Yeah. You have a certain niche that on TikTok it will fit into that and then it will get promoted. But also I think another positive, I was never super into politics until quarantine and I was on my phone constantly, TikTok constantly, and I started seeing things about politics and a lot of it, this is really embarrassing for me to admit, was on TikTok and I got into politics and now I'm, I would say, fairly educated on politics and I learned all of that through TikTok and then did my own research obviously after that. Yeah. But I think it's just important to educate yourself and I think sometimes social media can help people to find things that they can relate to but also a negative side of that the little instagram infographics that mm. everyone loves to post that are extremely tone deaf and triggering that as well just a lot of them are just word spew i was just gonna agree with pluto and nakia that especially especially as far as tiktok it's definitely a tool to find communities within things again it's a, definitely a way to learn more about yourself and just kind of realize things maybe find more interests in things Things. that's honestly been my favorite part about social media my favorite thing is just finding other people who like what I like it's not easy to find those people in real life sometimes and maybe they like what you like but they're not a good person or something I don't know just social media and the internet can connect you with a lot of people and that can sometimes be in a good way like you can find friends on social media because of things that you like fandoms or things that you're a part of I think that's a really beautiful part of social media personally I know a lot of people have different opinions on on that but I think that's a pretty cool benefit of social media like the amount of people that become friends online through an artist or something fandom and then they meet up at a concert and they become friends for the rest of their life that's really cool I think obviously that can be dangerous yeah obviously but it can also be really cool so I don't know touching on what you said about politics and stuff I wasn't super political before quarantine either but another negative side about that is the trendification of social movements the trendification of like social media people posting black squares in Instagram. Oh, that is people yeah. just like, people doing those interpretive dances <laughs> with like the black with also, the fist up for Black Lives Matter. I saw a POV of like someone pretending to have tear gas be thrown at them and they were ducking. I'm like, that is so insensitive. <laughs> Are you insane? Yeah. I saw a video of this white girl who said POV a school shooter comes in and says, If you hate black people, duck and they didn't duck. And I'm like, how is this helping anyone? And how is that funny? I get some people were like, 
shock value. I have dark humor. No, what? that's just what? insensitive and gross and dehumanizing. How? They want likes for being a decent person. The basic level of being a good person is right yeah. on the floor, apparently. I think I'm glad you said that too, just because what Nikia was saying and some of what I think Victoria was saying, a lot of the performative activism because of social media yeah. is very real and it definitely blew up over quarantine, I'd say, and because of TikTok. And Victoria said some of those infographics, people feel like, if I like this, I'm a, I'm an activist. Like, oh, yeah, people please. think that's where it ends. It's no. that it shouldn't end there. Further educate yourself from that little headline you saw. Like, yeah, if right. somebody recommends a book you should read, read it, the please. book. I think, Go honestly, to- though, I will say some of those are helpful. I don't think they're all negative, and I don't think they're all performative activism. I think it can promote performative activism when they put the pretty colors and they, you know, they do this and that. But I think spreading awareness just as itself is important. I think we said a lot of people don't have long attention spam so just saying kind of a summary of something that's going on if you read this and if they're a person who actually cares about what's going on in the world then hopefully they will further read so i think there's two sides to it but performative activism is a real problem also like nikia said the black square is black lives matter and, and a lot of people thinking okay well now Putting since black fists in your bio yeah and they're like you know this is my presence on social media this i need to make sh- not racist yeah like, like so, a black square like, if you're just doing it and you're kind of reducing it to just a picture or a black square do you really care yeah. then because eventually you're going to take that down because you don't want it on your page anymore. That's why it shouldn't just be about something on your page. You should, in your life, actually be trying to make some type of change. So I think that's a really big problem with social media. Yeah. It is great that some people get educated on politics through social media like you, myself as well. The thing about getting educated on social media, once you read it on social media, yeah. you, you have, have to find real sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, fake news yeah. exists. I hate to say this, fake news exists. It does. Yeah. You, need to, you need to check sources. But I think this is a good segue into desensitization on social media. This is something that we talked about in the Black Student Union where we get desensitized to all kinds of horrible acts of violence that get shared. And I'm able to see both sides of the argument there. It's important to get exposure, but a lot of times they're also included without trigger warnings, no warnings, and then it's also... They can be seen at a young age at any point in time. Definitely. So that definitely goes into like internet safety, what you're showing children. But yeah, I think that is just really, really, that really has a negative impact on mental health, especially if you're part of a marginalized group, specifically the marginalized group that is shown being brutalized in these trends. And that desensitization is real, but desensitization sort of I don't want to say it's not real, but these things build up when you're seeing that over and over and over again. They build up to where you're 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 desensitized to it, but enough of it can really affect you in negative ways. The amount of like traumatizing stuff that I've seen online that just what am I supposed to do? Move on after that? I feel like desensitization it normalizes the violence. Meaning, after a while, it feels like we can't change anything. As it continues, we're going to be saying, this just happens, there's no way of doing anything to help it. We, as people, it's human nature. We can't do anything about it. Just adding on to what Nakia was talking about, to give a specific example in case people aren't familiar that desensitization is a thing, a lot of videos of Black people being murdered or beaten by police or just in general have been posted on people's stories, and it's just like, oh no, like this is so bad but it's that's a very traumatic thing for 
especially any black person to see. Again, I agree with Nakia, there are two sides to it. Because some people, especially before the big blow up of Black Lives Matter in 2020, some people didn't even know Black Lives Matter was a thing. And some people didn't even know that black people were literally getting killed all the time or just beaten or wrongfully arrested by police. So it's important to talk about these things. And sometimes people need to see a video and be like, this is actually a real thing. Because some people are very skeptical. Like, no, they're just saying that like, oh, maybe this only happens once. It happens all the time. So it is important that when you see something like that happening, yeah, record because you need proof because they police, they have a privilege over any marginalized group, especially black people. So one, it's important to document that because for many centuries, black people weren't able to document that. And so even if you did get beaten by police, nothing would happen to you. So I think our technology is very helpful in the, in the fact that it's easier for us to work towards justice compared to when it was just word of mouth and the, my word against yours. So it's a weird thing to navigate because it is very traumatic to be posting somebody getting killed and seeing that and it's somebody who looks like you. It was a good thing that somebody recorded that because otherwise they might not receive any justice after being violated and potentially murdered or be in whatever the case may be. I'd say the main thing is if you're going to do something like that, please include trigger warnings mm -hmm. and emphasize them. Don't just like hide them in a corner somewhere right. and be cognizant of what you're sharing and who you're who you're sharing it with. I think since we're talking about politics, did we want to talk about cancel culture? Cancel culture can be extremely toxic, but in some instances, it can it can be okay, I guess. It shouldn't be used all the time on everyone who's done even the slightest thing wrong. Yeah. As far as cancel culture, that's another very weird thing. It's And it's a weird thing to have one opinion on it. Just kind of agreeing with Pluto, I think. A problem and something that's been annoying for me that I've seen, especially over the past couple years, is let's say this white person we found doing something offensive and everybody's like oh my god they're canceled whatever and then next week they're hanging out with the same people nothing's actually happening just because the amount of like videos of people that have been spread around of them saying the n-word and people are like oh my god they're canceled but like their friends don't actually care they're still hanging out with them so that's an annoying thing cancel culture shouldn't even be a thing because it's not even real you aren't no, even being actually held accountable yeah, yeah being held accountable and then just it's just it's a very weird thing i don't know i feel like people need to be held accountable but then y'all aren't even doing that. You I, just say they're canceled for a few weeks or a couple months and then they go back to normal. See, yet again, performative. Yeah, it's again. very performative. They're not actually learning from anything if there's many people excusing what they did. I don't think you need to be sending people death threats because they did this in the past or whatever, but they need to be held accountable at the same time. So it's weird. I don't know. Cancel culture is no longer a punishment. It's just something people say. Yeah. Part of the whole thing with cancel culture is manufactured outrage, but part of it is definitely hearing everything everywhere all at once every little thing that everyone has done yeah as a perfectionist that can be very overwhelming but i do think it should only really be applied in certain contexts i'm thinking about like did y'all hear about something lizzo did where she had a ableist phrase oh, in yeah, her song and then, and then and then so people were calling her out for that and yeah. then she was like oh sorry i didn't know that i'll change it mm -hmm. and then by and large people were cool, cool with her but in other cases people double down and, and then go back to life as normal and I'm like exactly. where is the restorative justice here what is right. what is being done to remedy this being canceled isn't just a phase you know if that makes sense I know like a lot of YouTube influencers in 2019 2020 a lot of them were canceled there was all these drama scandals all these mm -hmm. tea pages coming out with every single thing they did wrong mm -hmm. and then a year later even sometimes less than a year later they're back yeah, posting they the same anything. kind of content yeah. without taking 
any of the actions they promised to make in their apology videos. Yeah. Those they apology cry. videos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I also think that it also can stop real growth because yeah. of them being canceled. Because I think what people don't think about, they'll find out, oh, someone did something something really terrible when they were <laughs> younger, you know? But also, people do stupid things. And I don't think that means, like, oh, it's okay. But I do think that it is important to realize and recognize, like, that person was seven when they did something. You know what I mean? And I think there is a chance for people to grow and change. And as long as those people are making the actions that they said they would to do better then I don't know it can be helpful but most of them don't just because we're running out of time a little bit I just wanted to touch on cyberbullying I don't know how much y'all have to talk about that but I think it would be weird to talk about social media and not bring up cyberbullying because that's a big thing that affects mental health just in general again with social media and technology there's a lot of benefits of it right but it also gives a lot of terrible people a lot more ways to harm people one of those things being cyberbullying a lot of people have a lot more confidence when they're behind a screen they will say insane things to people that they would never say in person because they can't be held accountable in the same ways because it's anonymous yeah they have a platform and they have power yeah the amount of people that have committed suicide because of cyberbullying it's a terrible thing and i think it's one of the worst parts of social media that mask that it gives terrible people to say whatever they want to say to people online and constantly like threat people or things like that the whole thing with cringe people commenting under mostly neurodivergent people post where they would say this video is so cringe why would you do like you knew you were gonna get torn up you knew this they probably didn't it's like (laughs) not that's not okay why are you saying that and look i get when you say something is cringe when it's harmful but like for a harmless video where someone's just having fun being themselves you don't get to say that what somebody has done is less valuable because it doesn't please you in some way yeah and i think cyberbullying in general it just is all connected with almost everything we've said as far as social media like popularity contests and beauty standards stuff like that to avoid anybody like bullying you online you constantly think about how you're presenting yourself and this digital identity and very carefully choosing what you share because you're scared of people making fun of you online and it sucks that you have to be scared of people bullying you online for just being yourself I think another thing a lot of people forget is the way that like celebrities can be bullied online I think that's very real I think people forget people too yeah I people forget that their mental health matters or that like it can actually be impacted the amount of times I've seen people be like oh they're not gonna see this why does it matter sometimes they do and also the amount of huge celebrities that just don't even use social media because of how harmful it is to their mental health it's sad and it's insane I mean like celebrities big people like famous people they're still people you can't just say whatever you want on their page just because they're famous i just want to say that also committed suicide or just gone through depression because of cyberbullying online so i just want to say that's a very real thing and you can be affected by cyberbullying and your mental health can be affected by social media regardless of who you are people also embarrassing other people online have you guys seen those sidewalks where people are asking you questions those tiktok Mm -hmm. videos yeah it's basically just harassment and at Mm -hmm. that point a lot of people from those videos like not the ones who are like making them but the ones in them I've come out saying, yeah, they bleeped this out or they left this out to embarrass that person. Or like when they call their boyfriend or whatever and like ask if they're cheating or something like most of those videos are faked but then it could ruin people's yeah. lives yeah okay privacy less just be careful what you share of yourself on social media digital footprint is very real it's cool to like you know share whatever you want about your life but like don't actually share whatever you want about your life because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because digital footprint something you post when you're a teenager could very much haunt you when you're trying to get a job when you're older or people can use it against you and don't post personal information 
information. Don't post personal information. No and addresses. No. Yeah. Not, make sure nobody's address is in a photo. Like. Yeah. yeah. Also, when you're really young, don't post young children on TikTok either. Yeah. Yeah. That's, don't. That's weird. Parents, and also, parents don't posting do their kids. Also, when you're young, I would say avoid sending inappropriate things of yourself around because that's also a very real way for somebody to things target other you. than explicit images and other things like that. Things like, just in general get spread yeah, very quickly, also, very rapidly, just, yeah. and will stay forever. I just want to reiterate, we're not saying these things to like be prudish or anything. We're saying it for safety. Yeah. And I'm not trying to victim blame either. If mm-hmm. somebody does something terrible to you, that is on them. Mm-hmm. They chose to do that. You did not do anything immoral. They did. On top of that, talking to strangers, talking to people you don't know over the internet. I understand a lot of people have online friends who live in other states or other mm-hmm. continents. Like the Omegle trend. Like, oh my god. Oh god. So the disgusting things, like traumatizing things that people I know have gone through because of things like that. Mm-hmm. When you are talking to people, just always be cautious. Yeah. I've gotten some really weird DMs from people, mm-hmm. and then I just delete them because I'm not doing that. Yeah. Just to add on to what Pluto said to kind of wrap this podcast up, if anybody else has any like tools and tips as far as having a healthy relationship with social media can definitely add in a couple things i just want to remind you guys is always prioritize your mental health over your online presence definitely unfollow and block unhealthy accounts that make you feel dissatisfied and bring negativity just in a general sense don't follow things that make you feel bad about yourself and don't follow people that make you feel bad about yourself even in real life cut those people out of your life also make sure you nourish your relationships in real life too be careful again like pluto just said who you share information with and what information you share take breaks social media detoxes very helpful please try them and be selective on again who you engage with thank you guys so much for listening catch us on our next episode bye bye